Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What the hell is up, Pelicans fans? I don't even know why I asked by now. You know what the Pell is up. This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, and I am your host, Elliot Clough. Today we got guest Duncan Smith of Hoops Habit, B-Ball Writers, and Forbes.com. He covers the Detroit Pistons on all of those uh, platforms. He's also an editor at Hoops Habit, so technically my boss. But we did have a good, fun conversation today about... The Pelicans. Today we talked about how Fox Sports New Orleans will be having David Griffin on what will be yesterday's broadcast of the Pelicans matchup with the Kings along with Zion in the future and maybe some other players and members of the front office. How great of an idea we think that is. We talk about my most recent article that he has edited Lonzo's Ascension this year and we get some fan input. Been waiting on that for a little while. I've been telling you to hit me up on Twitter, and some of y'all have listened, and I love it. And if you haven't done that yet, you're more than welcome. Obviously, I'm going to be tweeting polls, a uh, ton of Pelican stuff there, so you can check it out at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Once again, I'll remind you at the end of the episode. But a very fun show. You're definitely going to want to stick around for this one. I enjoyed it a lot. Here it is, my conversation with Duncan Smith, editor at Hoops Habit and writer for Forbes.com. All right, and we're joined today by Duncan Smith. Very excited for this one today. How you doing today, Duncan? I'm doing pretty good in, uh, in these fascinating times we live in right now. For sure. That is that is true. So in these fascinating times, we're trying to get you, the listener here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, quality content. And that's what we've got today here with Duncan Smith. So um, if you follow me on Twitter, if you don't, you should. But I tweeted last night, uh, the, the Pelicans are looking to run uh, some, some broadcasts with Fox Sports uh, at New Orleans in that area uh, with some members of the front office, players, stuff like that. I think it's really awesome. I believe the debut is that tonight with uh, J.J. Reddick's game-winning shot over the Kings, and David Griffin will be joining the network tonight. So very excited about that. What are your thoughts on that, Duncan? I think it's great. I think it's great for the league. I think it's great for New Orleans. I think it's great for the franchise. I just think it's a great idea. I think it's brilliant, yeah. Um, and I also think that it can't hurt to keep uh, members of, of different organizations in different markets, especially like a smaller market like New Orleans where um, – you know, not a lot of eyes are necessarily tuned in at the best of times, it seems. So, like, just staying as front of mind as possible, um, especially through a hiatus like this, I think is really important and really valuable. So I think it's, it's very smart. I completely agree. Like you said, especially in the smaller markets, this is a great idea. I think – I don't know if it was brought forth by Fox or, or – or the New Orleans franchise, but I thought it was an awesome idea. I definitely think other teams should start picking this up, too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and there's there's so many smart minds out there um, that could do a good job as well. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm actually thinking right now of uh, I think it was um, All Star Saturday 
when um, Miles Turner and Donovan Mitchell were doing some play-by-play in color. Um, and I thought that was fantastic work, you know. Um, so those were a couple of unknown diamonds in the rough. And something like this really could really could bring some uh, some of our, our smarter, more observant uh, players and uh, players and personalities from different teams to uh, to the Bear. I think that'd be that'd be really really interesting. Um, and I, it's a it's a smart avenue for uh, for teams to go down. I totally agree. And thinking of, I literally just thought of this on the spot. Even like networks like the Mavericks could bring in guys like Dirk Nowitzki to do some analytics during games because he's a legend down there. D Wade in Miami, uh, even guys who aren't playing right now, just to stay at the forefront. Obviously, D Wade's working with TNT and and stuff like that. But I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, and for better or worse most of these guys don't have anything else to do right now, you know? (laughs) That is true. That is true. Um, You are a Detroit guy, um, but do you have any specific team, any specific player you'd like to see do this? I know we've seen um, uh, LeBron do it in that documentary that he had. I think it was with ESPN plus uh, when they went over the game seven and their win over the Warriors and stuff like that. So LeBron would probably be my first choice just because he's arguably the goat, arguably still one of the best players. He still is one of the best players in the world. LeBron would be my choice. Do you have any players that you think of off the top of your head that you'd like to see do this? Honestly, off the top of my head, I kind of gave it away a minute ago, but I think Miles Turner would be really, really interesting to to get more of his, his insight. Like At the end of All-Star Weekend and everything, when, when the commentary was done, I, I kind of felt robbed. You know, No more Miles Turner, no more Donovan Mitchell. Um, I wanted more, so I would love it if... Uh, like. I'm, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to watch any Pacers replays, to be honest. However, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I find out that Miles Turner is doing some sort of like play-by-player commentary, I'm going to tune in for a little while. You know, so um, for me, that's actually the the name that I would go with right now. Uh, strange as it seems, simply because uh, for a couple hours of exposure, I found him really engaging and really informative and knowledgeable, and uh, especially for a young guy, you know, he carries himself extremely well. So that's my guy right now. I really enjoyed that that broadcast as well. That guy definitely has a future in color commentating. And for the Pels, I, I've heard Zion will be will be joining a broadcast here coming up soon. But a guy like Drew Holiday or a guy like Derek Favors would be really fun to watch too. Those guys have been in the game for so long, um, and Drew's been in New Orleans for such a long time that it'd be fun to hear that. And JJ Redick would be great too if we're throwing in veterans. JJ's a great one. Yeah, I, his uh, his podcast is quite good. Uh, um, so. Josh Hart, too, speaking of podcasts. Right, yeah. So I think the Pelicans are actually uniquely positioned to do this really well because they've got more guys who are accustomed to being behind a, a microphone, I think, than a lot of teams, strange as it seems. Like, you wouldn't really think the New Orleans Pelicans are are that team, but uh, it does seem as though they've got some real media-savvy guys. Yeah, especially with the youth. This team is known for their young core, but uh, you can't forget guys like JJ, guys like Derek Favors, guys like Drew Holiday for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of the amount of talent on this roster, uh, there's been some rumors, and now it looks like there's going to be a horse competition put together with with Trey Young, Chris Paul, and Zach Levine, and no dunks according to Trey Young. Not want not wanting the dunks from Zach Levine in this competition, which is fair enough. But uh, uh, let's say just for content purposes and for fun. Uh, if the league was to put together a horse competition like they've kind of done with, with this recent 2K competition, 
I've mentioned that I think Brandon Ingram would be the best uh, guy to represent the Pels because he's just taken a huge leap forward in shooting this year and has also got the athleticism for, for fancy finishes around the rim, fancy dunks and stuff like that. Who would you think, Duncan, just for another opinion? You know, I think Etwan Moore would be a good one. Um, him and uh, J.J. Redick could probably be my top two. Other than Brandon Ingram is obviously, like, your number one go-to uh, representative. But, I, I, yeah, I think Etwan Moore and uh, J.J. Redick would probably be my guys. For sure. Uncle E, as the players like to refer to him, that's a good choice, too. I, I tweeted a... I tweeted, I tweeted a poll um, after this Tuesday's podcast about who uh, people would like to see, and JJ was the overwhelming favorite. And I threw Zion in there because he's been a topic of conversation um, uh, as far as joining this competition. Obviously, he's not doing it, at least as of right now. But um, Zion got one vote out of <laughs> out of like 20 <laughs> votes, so probably not going to be Zion. But savvy uh, voters right there. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was definitely, uh, definitely favored towards JJ, and, and well deserved for sure. He's he's shown that he is one of the sharp sharpshooters in the league, and if not league history for sure. So, um, I you know Drew's been thrown in there too. He's a sharpshooter from time to time, but but I think JJ is would be the go to um, uh, for the Pels for sure. Um, and another point that I hit on Tuesday's podcast was talking about who the Pelicans should eye for this year's coming 2020 NBA draft. I talked about Onyeka Okungwu, Tyrese Maxey, and Devin Vassell. Um, you edited that article, for those of you who don't know. Duncan is my boss at Hoops Habit, the editor. Um, and what did you think uh, of my points that I threw in there? Did you have any other players that you thought of bringing up the fact that I think the Pelicans need a defensive big man, uh, a shot creator, and a 3 and D guy? Yeah, I I certainly can't find any faults in uh, in your analysis by any means. Uh, it was obviously a very good piece. Um, we're happy to have it on the site. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, um, my my own historically speaking, my own uh, draft analysis, if you want to call it, um, generally involves uh, pretending college basketball doesn't exist until March. Um, and then sometime, <laughs> usually like four or five games, I'll watch in the first two rounds and then I'll watch, you know, the, the final four. And if Michigan does well, I will typically watch most of the games that they play. Um, and now obviously, uh, with, with no college basketball, no, uh, no March madness, that's kind of thrown my draft process into, uh, quite the, <laughs> quite the turmoil. So, um, yeah, I, the the amount of expertise I can give when it comes to the draft at the best of times, um, it's not great to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of in the in the Zach Low school of, of thought. Like once they get drafted, then I start to learn about them. So yeah, it's it's certainly not my specialty. I do try to digest uh, you know the the better draft analysis uh, takes on on a lot of like the top guys. Um, and now that the Pistons, for a change, actually will probably have a uh, upper upper level um, draft pick. Um, I will probably in the next few weeks be kind of ratcheting up my uh, my own draft attention. Um, but yeah, to this point, um, most of what I know about what the other uh, Pelicans are going to be looking for in the draft is what I learned from your piece. So it's uh, it's something I definitely recommend um, that, that people who are curious about the Pelicans and their their draft prospects. Uh, go and go and take a look at. 
We had another uh, podcast last week with Ethan Piotta, which was also excellent. If you want to check that out, you can just pause this one, head over there, listen, and then come right back to it. But um, well, I also got some input from a couple guys on Twitter that I wanted to share. Samuel Stans uh, let us know that Devin Vassell is the only one that makes sense to him here. Any big who can't shoot, which Onyeka doesn't necessarily have the touch quite yet, but um, he said that is not what the Pelicans should be looking for. He's thinking Sadiq Bay, Devin Vassell, or trade the pick, which would be an interesting move for sure. And then Callum. I don't know Callum's last name. He's a recent follower, but I want to give a shout-out to him as well. But uh, he said Onyeka would be a good pick, defensive big, who can excel around the rim and in pick-and-roll with Alonzo is what he believes that the Pelicans need. And I, I think that's a great move too. And uh, Lonzo has certainly, certainly stepped up this year. We've never seen him play like this. And that ascension has been a topic throughout the NBA community, especially right now, it, especially um, while we're in this hiatus because he did step up and start hitting threes, which he wasn't doing before. Um, just playing really, really good ball, probably the best of his career. What would you attribute uh, his play this season to Duncan uh, you're you're an avid NBA guy what would you say that uh, Lonzo's done to step up his game this year I think experience is a big thing um, just you know just going through it year after year a, a couple times now um, I think that that is probably one of the biggest the biggest elements you know um, there's also I think less distraction uh, in New Orleans than he's going to find in L.A. Uh, I think that the combination of the two is, is uh, fairly big. And it also doesn't seem as though the Lakers are that interested in um, developing their youngsters. Uh, you know, it appears as though, like, once their young players depart and go elsewhere, especially um, those that ended up in New Orleans, uh, that does tend to be when they take their leap. So, um I think that that can be attributed to uh, to Lonzo's own hard work um, and also maybe uh, some of the detrimental ways that the Lakers handle their, their youth. Um, like obviously, especially since, um, since LeBron James came to town, um, the youngsters have essentially been treated as, uh, as like trade pieces and mostly disposable. So um, I think that the stability in New Orleans for him is probably one of the biggest things, you know, it's, it's kind of as though like we all knew that player was in there somewhere. Um, he just needed to, to sort of be able to, uh, to find that player himself, you know. So I, I think that he's got the room and the ability to do that now uh, where he's at. I totally agree with every single point that you just made. And we could even make this same argument about Brandon Ingram um, with the with the play that he's had this year, making a first all-star team. Uh, Lonzo has been more recent, but um, – I completely agree. And New Orleans, what their focus is right now is the future. And that's been made very clear with uh, limiting Zion's minutes. Um, They're not necessarily looking for a playoff push this year. Yes, it'd be awesome. And if we're able to get the rest of the season and the Pelicans are able to squeak in some way or another, that'd be great. But the focus is definitely on the future. And so development is definitely huge for the Pelicans right now. And and the Lakers are they're a historic franchise. They're win now every single year. They're not in that development. Um they're not looking to develop players. I.e. why they traded Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and D'Angelo Russell. So I think that's been made very, very apparent 
in Los Angeles. And I, I'm going to agree with you on the, the topic of New Orleans being a smaller market, too. It's a great place for him to focus. Um, and I think I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. I think Lonzo's ascension has to be attributed partially, at the very least, to separating from his father, honestly, at least in, in the professional realm. How could it not help, you know, um, especially <laughs> with um, a guy as, as young as Lonzo is, like the additional pressure and stress and constant scrutiny from um, that that uh, LeVar threw his direction, you know, like um, he never really had the opportunity to just figure himself out and figure out what he needs to do. And with all the turmoil in L.A., the turmoil that came from being the son of LeVar Ball. Um, yeah, just getting out from under that has got to be, has, has absolutely got to be beneficial for him. Absolutely. You could say the same thing about LaMelo moving to Australia, being a pro over there and, and now coming back. He bought a team, which is insane. Um, yeah. And now he's coming back. Might be the first overall pick. I mean, the guy raised them. I think he's done his job. I think it's now time to let them be men. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, I think I'd like to, to give him a little bit of credit in stepping back. Um, and, and I think Lonzo and LaMelo have great futures ahead of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that depending on how the draft lottery goes, uh, Detroit might be a possible destination for LaMelo. Um, and I think that uh, it could be very interesting to see one of the Ball brothers uh, develop up close and personal like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think the future is bright for both of them for sure. So speaking of Detroit, what we have you here, we got to talk a little bit about the Pistons too. Um, this team has struggled for years. Blake can't seem to stay healthy, and it was like that before he came to Detroit. Drummond just got traded, and the the team is not slated to do well the rest of the season. Obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, where are they placed in the, assuming they fall where they're at in the lottery, um, where, where are they supposed to pick? They are the fifth slot right now. So okay. uh, they've got a 42% chance of... Top four, they've got a 10% chance of number one. I think their most likely spot, uh, according to the odds, is uh, sixth. I think they're 29% to drop to sixth, which, which would be like the most classic Pistons thing ever. They actually like <laughs> fully tank and they get the sixth, uh, sixth overall draft pick. They've only jumped one time and it was uh, for Ducco. Oh. <laughs> only time they've oh. ever moved up in the lottery. Uh, oh. So. That's got to hurt. Yeah, well, you know, um, <laughs> it is something that we've come to expect. <laughs> right, right. Plenty of success there as well in the Chauncey Billups era, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, all those guys as well. So got to give them credit for that too. But um, looking forward, they've got Sekou Dumboya. I haven't seen a lot of him this year. Um, I'm not sure who, who you're thinking they'll grab. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about the draft, and you'll you'll do some analysis once he ends up in Detroit, whoever it is. But what do you think is the antidote going forward for Detroit? They got Dwayne Casey as head coach. Um, Christian Wood's playing well, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what's the antidote for them to be successful going forward? The biggest thing is they just need to start getting some of these moves right. You know, like it seems kind of reductive, but if you if you look at a team like uh, like Toronto, for example, like 
all the guys they pick, you know, or they, they pick off the, the undrafted pile, they all work out. You know, some of that is development, some of that is, uh, you know, savvy selections and, and so forth. Um, and also some of that is just, like, incredible great fortune. Um, and then you've got teams like the Pistons who, uh, you know, they they pick Luke Kennard instead of Donovan Mitchell. And Luke Kennard is, is very good. Um, I I think that finally he is no longer seen around the league as not Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> you know, like he's, he's seen as his own man, which is completely deserved. You know, he's, he is very good. He is, uh, I think at least a little better when he's healthy, um, than, than he was even expected to be at this point. Um, he was in the process of t- taking a leap to the next level this year. Um, but you know, it's, he's also not the kind of, uh, ceiling elevator that a guy like Donovan Mitchell could be. Um, the Pistons, chose uh, Stanley Johnson, who is uh, basically the 15th man in Toronto um, ahead of uh, Devin Booker. You know, it, it's it's just something that historically they, they get the wrong guy. Um, and some of that is luck. You know, I mean, I, I think that um, while, while Kennard was maybe a slight reach, uh, Stanley was basically chalk, you know. Um, so, like, some of the some of the guys that are chalk who who should go in the slots that they they end up selecting they just they need to actually be the guy um, so I I think that's that's a really 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 big thing the Pistons need to, <laughs> the Pistons need some favorable fortune um, you know outside of just like getting a, a nice lottery slot they just need the guys that they select to work out um, and. Uh, the the draft has not been kind to them for for decades now, honestly. So you know, outside of uh, Andre Drummond, Contavious Coldwell Pope, uh, now Luke Kennard, um, it's not easy to find that many guys who the Pistons have drafted um, and kept for any period of time um, and and worked out. You know, Chris Middleton is one that they drafted and he's out being a star in Milwaukee. Uh, it, it's it's just. Um, they need to they need to start getting the right guy, and uh, I think that seems maybe a little overly reductive. But most teams have have gotten that right once or twice in the last decade, and the Pistons haven't. It, it's you said it. It sounds reductive, but it's so true. I mean, shipping Chris Middleton off. I was I was going to mention that as well, and um, they got like peanuts for Andre Drummond, if I'm not wrong. Do you know what they got in that in exchange for for Drummond? Yeah, they got Brandon Knight. And they got John Henson, and they got a 2023 second-round draft pick. Um, that draft pick is going to be the the lesser of the Cavs and the Warriors that year. So uh, it's something to look forward to and see uh, how that pans out in 2023. <laughs> yeah, though, yeah. uh, Brandon Knight has played. Um, he is he's gone from being like a, a well below league average shooter to being like an absolute flamethrower on Detroit. Uh, John Henson, I think, made his first like 12 shots at the Piston. He's He's definitely had sort of a, a renaissance. They both have. So, um, you know, it, it turns out that um, uh, that uh, Andre Drummond was having a hard time playing in fourth quarters in Cleveland. Uh, he got benched several times. And then in, in Detroit, uh, Brandon Knight and John Henson are putting up numbers. So, uh, um, you know, who won the trade? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's something. We'll, we'll, we'll see next season as well. But uh, another guy who's playing out of his mind as of late christian wood has taken on more of a scoring role in his last 10 games he's averaging 24.2 points per game what's changed for wood as of late well with with drummond gone 
that gave uh, Christian quite a bit of latitude to play. Um, he got a big minutes boost. He got a usage boost. Um, and he really made the most of it. I, I don't have his game log in front of me, but I think he set uh, career highs for points in two of the last three games that he played before the end of the year. Um, the first one was, I think, 28 points against uh, Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert, uh, which most likely was the night that he uh, was uh, infected with the coronavirus. Um, and then he, uh, two games later, against Joel Embiid dropped, I think it was, I forget if it was 29 points or 30 points on, uh, on Joel Embiid in the Sixers. So uh, he closed really strong. Um, the Pistons haven't won any of these games, but uh, <laughs> but Christian himself uh, was, was definitely taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, and and he, with the exception of uh, sort of a, a mediocre stretch, I think a little bit before the All-Star break, um, he's he's really over delivered. He's really overperformed uh, relative to the expectations. You know, he was the 15th man basically coming into the season. Um, if Joe Johnson didn't hurt himself with an old man injury in uh, in the preseason, uh, either Christian or Kyrie Thomas was going to get cut. Like they were the they were the uh, the odd man out, and he went from being the 16th slash 15th man uh, in in preseason to being the last guy introduced uh, in the starting lineups in the last Pistons home game. Um, so uh, the the leap from 16th to 1st in the pecking order uh, for the Pistons in, uh, in just really a few short months uh, is really kind of incredible. And, you know, talking about how the Pistons just can't get one right, you know, like taking Stanley Johnson, who was basically out of the league instead of uh, Devin Booker, for example. Christian Wood is finally one of these guys who, who they get off the scrap pile and who has been uh, way, way more than anybody could have hoped. Absolutely. And I went ahead and looked it up for you. He had 29 against OKC, 30 against Utah, 32 against Philadelphia. And that 29 in OKC was against Steven Adams. So he's not doing it against uh, the, the 15th guy on the bench, like you've said. That's right. Yeah, so that's three career highs in his last four games played, Ben. It's uh, it's been a great run for him. It's been an absolutely incredible run for him, and it's been a while since we've seen a player in Detroit, especially, uh, come from that kind of obscurity where he barely made the roster. Um, and you know, it's even even like looking back and saying that he barely made the roster is almost comical because he had a ridiculous preseason. Like, <laughs> uh, if he didn't make the if he didn't make the roster, there was probably going to be riots and uh, uh, protests in front of like team headquarters. Uh, um, so he. Uh, since since the season began, since the preseason began, he has just been uh, really, truly incredible. All right, there you have it. Joined by Duncan Smith today of Hoops Habit. Uh, what was the other one? B-Ball Writers? B-Ball Writers, yep. Ah, there we go. And, <laughs> and Forbes. Forbes. <laughs> and Forbes, there we go. Um, good stuff. Really great stuff today, Duncan. Thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. I appreciate it. And there you have it, Pels fans, my conversation today with Duncan Smith, editor at Hoops Habit, and of course, Pistons writer for Forbes.com. You heard it in the intro, we've got fans engaging on Twitter, so you should head over and give me a follow. It is at Elliot Clough. You're going to be getting a lot of Pelicans content there, and again, you have any questions, have anything to say about what I have on Twitter, anything from the podcast, feel free to just respond to a tweet at me out of the blue, or you can, of course, hashtag 
what the Pell is up. And while you're here on the podcast, subscribe, leave a rate and review. The more you do that, the better guests we're going to get, the better quality content we're going to be getting to you, the listener. And this is all about you, of course, here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. And while you are on social media following me to get that Pelicans content, go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can check out a plethora of the network's other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And of course, I made reference to my most recent fan-sided article, wrote a little bit more about some other possible draft picks that the Pelicans might pursue in the first round of this year's NBA draft. Fans, do not forget, I want to engage with you on Twitter. I want to hear from you. I want to try to be the best possible host I can be for you, the listener. So just at me, Elliot Clough, or you can hashtag what the Pell is up to let me know your thoughts. And you can tell me in a review too. Leave that rate, leave that review here on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.